that's huge. And and we've always just had a really close relationship where we we have had knockout, drag out arguments, you know, over um, you know, things that maybe I did or things that maybe he did. And but we we would always hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And that is what a real friendship looks like. Um, you know, and that's, it, it, it has to look like that. You have to be able to have those conversations with your friends. And so, um, those are conversations that I've had with Corey, um, with Josh and with Ben. I mean, all of these people have impacted me by their character, by their, um, the way they love their wives, the way they love their families, the way that they lead people. Um, you know, a lot of it really comes down to conversations that have happened behind closed doors that nobody will ever know about. That's what, to me, that's what real influence looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can sit down at a dinner table at a coffee shop in a car ride and literally go, bro, what were you thinking? Yeah. You know, what, what, why did you do that? Well, you know better, you know, and, and those conversations go both ways. And that's, I really have always appreciated that about those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my list of people who have probably influenced me the most. That's so good, though. And it's it's important to have those call out people, right? It's never fun whenever you're called out and something that no. you're not doing or you're, you are doing right. And it's like, hey, yo, what? No, <laughs> it's yeah. not fun to to do that for people. And it's not fun to have that done to you. But the and, and my family, we say this, like when we call each other out, we know it's a place from love. Like we know it's from a place of love yeah. for that individual um, and something that we're seeing that we know is not beneficial for them. And, it, you know, you get a little snappy sometimes or you, you ain't ready for it. You don't like it. Um, but that's kind of like how that is. Um, but I also love that with your grandfather, how in the very beginning he didn't Uh, He wasn't always living for Christ, but how he lived, like his gifting, his way of living has always been there from the jump. And I think that's also what the Lord puts in people is that he will put certain certain characteristics in your life, whether you're a Christ follower or not, but it will always be that within you. And then in time, he will call that out of you and you will see um, the beauty that comes from the Lord attaching himself to the character that he's given you which is super cool, but let's go into leadership. And yeah. we've talked such great things about influence already, but um, when you think of leadership, who or what comes to mind? What is your thought, stance, idea of leadership? Yeah, so I'm going to keep this real simple um, because I think that there's there's so many ideas of leadership out there. I mean, there are so many books you can read, so many podcasts you can listen to. I mean, everybody has an opinion about leadership. So here's what I'll say about uh, leadership. Now, the first leader that comes to my mind is Jesus. Um, I think that he was a perfect example of a, le- of a, of a solid, good, great, amazing leader. Um, he was able to take a bunch of people um, where they were and kind of put them onto a mission that was bigger than themselves. And he did it in honesty. He did it with truth. He did it with humility. Um, he did it with a servant's heart and he taught them, uh, by example, and he lived out what he was teaching. I think that is the best example of a leader that we could ever look at. Now, a lot of people will go, yeah, but that's kind of a cop out. You know, Jesus is Jesus, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's the son of God. He's of course. Um, so what does that look like today? I mean, I know a lot of amazing leaders, um, 
you know, I've read a lot of books, listened to a lot of podcasts, um, went to a lot of conferences, um, seen a lot of good leaders, seen a lot of bad leaders, you know, set under great leaders, set under bad leaders. Um, but I think there are three things that I am looking for in a leader. Um, these are three things that I want to strive for as a leader and that I would look for in somebody else as a leader. Mm -hmm. So these are just my opinions. Okay. These are just my values that I really, I really think there are of course many more, but these are like the big three. So the number one is integrity. I think that goes back to so many different things that I've already said in this, in this podcast um, so far. Um, Integrity, just being who you say you are. Right. Um, not being, and I think the reason why integrity is so important for me now is because it was not important to me early on. Wow. And that is key mm -hmm. because there are going to be people that watch this podcast, people that I know, and they're going to go, man, he didn't have integrity five years ago. Okay. Yeah. I've, that's, that's the whole point. Right. That's the entire point is that integrity is important to me now because as you grow in Christ, things that were important to you before are no longer important to you and things that were not important to you before become important. Mm. And that is called maturity, ding, 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 growth. <laughs> okay, so for me, number one is integrity. I, I think it was not important to me before and I paid uh, consequences for that. There were a lot of things that I did, said, um, that did not line up with who I was supposed to be. And I, you know, I had to, I had to repent of those things. I had to pay the consequences for those things. Um, and, you know, I've learned from those things. So integrity is important. Um, being who you say you are, that's why pastor AB, that's why, um, you know, Justin, Josh, Ben, Corey, and like many others, you know, that that's why, those people have impacted me so much because I see who they are behind the scenes and I see who they are publicly and it matches up. Yeah. And so I think the first thing you have to have as a leader is integrity. You have to be who you say you are and you have to be that person all the time. I don't want to see a different version of you on stage and a different version of you off stage. I don't want to see a different version of you in staff meeting and then a different version of you, you know, at a cookout. I don't right. I want yeah. to see the same person everywhere. And that's huge. That's huge for me. So the number one thing would be integrity. The number thing, the number two thing would be truth. Um, I think being able to tell the truth. I mean, it's kind of the same thing as integrity, but not really. Cause what I mean by that is truth is not subjective. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, especially like over the last few years, like a lot of people are like, Oh, live out your truth. Like mm -hmm. there's all these kinds of like, new age phrases of like your truth and their truth and right. my truth and the truth. And it's not the whole truth. It, it, like there's either truth or it's not mm. period. You know, the truth to me is defined by God's word. Right. That is the truth. And I think you have to be able to tell the truth, stand up for the truth at all times mm -hmm. as a leader even when it's not popular, even when other people are like shying away from it, like you had, and I'm talking about like both ends of the spectrum. I'm not talking about like a conservative truth or a liberal truth, or I'm talking about truth, right? Mm -hmm. So like, there is a lot of people who are quick to stand up for like the hot topic of the day, mm -hmm. like, because it bothers them, but then like, they won't stand up for the other one. You right. know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people who would stand up for 
you know, a- against homosexuality and against gay marriage, but they won't say a thing about racism. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you got to stand up for the truth here. You know what I mean? It's both, you know? And so I think that's really, and and that's gotten, that's gotten me in trouble. I have, I have made some stances that people didn't like and, but it was grounded in truth. Like God hates racism period. Like if there's an issue, like no matter how you interpret that, like you can say that there's a political whatever behind it. It's mm-hmm. not at the end of the day, God hates it. Right. Period. You know? And so, um, yeah, I just think that leaders should stand up for truth, all truth, all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing, uh, and this is kind of more or less like, a um, a thing to me, like a healthy leader really knows how to set culture. Mm-hmm. Um, culture is, I think, more important in a in an organization, in a church, in a in whatever. I think it's more important than almost anything else. Yeah. Because culture, and then I say this a lot, culture is either allowed or it's created, mm-hmm. and a lot of leaders don't know how to create culture. So they just allow culture to happen. And when you get into that, nothing's ever clear cut. Nothing's ever communicated. Well, nothing's ever, you know, the nothing's ever the same language. It's not cohesive. It doesn't flow well. And so I think a good leader should be able to like really create a healthy culture where the people that the culture is affecting, it's a safe space for them. It's, it's a, they feel secure. They feel like they have a voice. They feel like they have a place. And it's not just like culty. It's not like, you know what I mean? My brain is kind of mush right now. uh, But this is culture is king. Mm. It's king. And everything falls and rises on leadership. Yeah. And so a leader, it's their responsibility to create a healthy culture for the employees for volunteers, for the people who are being impacted by whatever culture that you're setting. Yeah. I think those are the, the three biggest things. And I mean, I could talk about culture all day long, um, but we don't have time. So um, integrity, um, truth, and knowing how to create a culture. Those are the big things for me when I think about leadership. I mean, those are, those are big. So good, though. I love in first whenever I'm like, okay, so tell me about leadership and you say Jesus, which obviously that is the greatest example of leadership. Like, duh. But what I love about Jesus is that he was a leader over, let's just say the 12, right? The 12 disciples. Yet he also had influence. He was impactful over many. And so it's like, like you were saying, it, it flows down. So how Jesus led his 12 impacted them to lead their people, which, and it just continued to flow. And so I think whenever we think of leadership, just like influence in today's world, it's not, I've got this amount of people, I've got this amount of followers. It's by the people that are under me, beside me, am I impacting them? And therefore are they impacted enough to go and impact their people and and Mm. all for the glory of God and I think Jesus did that so well because he did not have a whole slew of people that he was pouring into but in fact the people he poured into poured out into other people and therefore the influence of Jesus continued to flow through 
every yeah. person because of how he invested and led his 12. Um, and I, I think that's exactly what you're saying. And so I know it's like using saying Jesus, it's like, yeah, you know, but if we kind of look at his life, it really is. Okay. That's a practical way. Like yeah. love the two that I have. And then in that they can love the three that they have each. And you know what I'm saying? And it's just this flow and this waterfall of goodness and God glorifying living. And that's the goal that we're trying to um, step into. But the next question I really want to get into, and we're almost done, which is what are some practical ways that we can serve people? I think you've talked a lot about even in leadership, how it is serving and Jesus served, like that's how he led. He was a servant in leadership, which means washing the feet and, and um, closing the door and performing the miracle and not it being on a platform. Like Jesus was very quiet in some of the things that he did, yet they are still impactful. Um, so what are some practical ways that we can serve our people here? Yeah, I've been thinking about this question all morning. Um, I, I heard something a few years back. I don't remember who said it, but it really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. um, do for one person what you wish you could do for everyone. Wow. And I think that is key. I think when we think about serving, like we as a people, we always think about like these grandiose moments, mm -hmm. right? Like these big events of serving and serving is not an event. Mm -hmm. Serving is a lifestyle. Yeah. And so I, I think that's like kind of one thing that the church is kind of maybe like mishandled in a lot of different ways, a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with worship. You know, everybody thinks that worship are the three songs that you do before a message. And it, mm -hmm. no, like worship is a lifestyle, you yeah. know, same thing with serving, like serving is not just a Saturday event. Like it can be, but at the end of the day, like you're called to serve people every day. So like, what does that look like? And I think a good place to start is do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone. Mm -hmm. And practically, what does that look like? I mean, it could look like buying somebody food. It could look like praying for someone. It could look like just being a listening ear mm. to somebody that doesn't maybe have a safe place to talk to or um, spending time with someone. Mm. Um, I think we always think like, again, we think in these grandiose things um, and like sometimes like God's not in the earthquake or the thunder or the wind like he's in the whisper, you know. Mm. It's just like, just pray for this person, just pay for their meal, like take them to dinner. Um, you know, if you know somebody that doesn't have a, a family, you know, invite them over to your house for Thanksgiving right. or for Christmas. You know, those are things that I was talking about that my mom always did. My mm -hmm. mom was that person all the time, you know, and she knew it didn't have to be some like, she wasn't like posting it on Facebook, like, hey, take a selfie right. with me. You know, it was just like, hey, like. I know that your parents passed away. Like, do you want to come to our house for Thanksgiving? Like we have a seat for you. You know, that is, it's, it's a spirit of generosity. Mm -hmm. It's a spirit of like, I'm not doing this for likes, for clicks, for views. Like I'm doing this because I genuinely love you. Yeah. Even though I don't really even, maybe I don't even know you that well, but the yeah. love of God compels me to love you. And this will show you what that looks like, mm -hmm. you know? So I think for anybody watching that would say, I just don't know how to serve people. Like just start with one person. Mm -hmm. God's not going to send resources to a place where they're going to get mismanaged. 
So if you can't steward one person at a time, well, God's never going to allow you to serve more than that. Right. He's just not like if you can't serve one person, you can't serve a hundred. If you don't know how to just sit down and serve one person, how are you ever going to, you know what I mean? And that, I, I think that's one thing that I appreciate so much about Temple City, like our dream center and like our recovery alive, like serving really is like the heart of our church. And Yvonne, who is our dream center, like director, I have seen her like she runs a dream center. Mm-hmm. So we're always serving, you know, like this Saturday, we're doing a free Thanksgiving meal for everybody who's in need, you know, um, we have a transitions home where like single women and children mm-hmm. can come in after being abused and they have a place to be safe and kind of transition back into, you know, society, like independent from all that, all that stuff that they were tied to. And, yeah. but like Yvonne's really good at coordinating all that stuff, but she's also really good at sitting down with one person mm-hmm. and just talking with them and praying with them and like giving them clothes, giving them food, giving them whatever, you know? And I think she takes that whole thing to heart. It's just like, whatever, maybe I can't do it for a thousand people, but I can do it for, for the handful that God's given me, Yeah, you know? And so practically speaking, I think it starts there. Mm-hmm. I think you start you know, with the little things, it doesn't have to be some big, Hey, let's go build a house for somebody. Let's go right. to Africa. Let's go to, you know what? Like yeah. there are people right now that are within a mile from you that need help. Yeah. You know, and maybe you're not going to go knocking on their door, but maybe you'll see them at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll see them at the gas station. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I know that if you ask God to give you opportunities, he'll give them to you. For sure. I do know that. I know that if you ask God to say, hey, show me who I can serve today, he will show you a plethora of people. Mm -hmm. If you're obedient, if you listen, you'll see him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So So good, though. I think that's so good. I even think, too, and this is knowing uh, the love language, right? I think his name is Gary Chapman. Might be Gary Chapman. He wrote Love Languages. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And what's beautiful about that is that it really kind of breaks down a way that we can serve each other, right? So there's quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gift, and acts of service. And so you do, I think even for like the people in our corner, we can learn their love language. Like, oh, they love gifts every now and then, or they love to be encouraged. So words of affirmation is their thing. And, and when we take notice of a person's love language, we can start working in that for them and kind of serve them that way too. It's like, okay, she loves when um, her coffee is made. So I'm going to make her her coffee and just let that be a way to serve her. But you also don't have to know the love language of people to love them. And I think that's what you're saying too. It's like, just do for one, what you would do for many. And that is loving them in practical ways, buying their meal, praying for them, um, checking in on them every now and then, right? Sending them a text when they come to your mind. Don't wait, don't hesitate. Like even if you haven't talked to them in years, you can do it now Um, and and doing your part. And you never know how that can impact them. The fact that you ain't talked to like six years, but now you're reaching out like, wow, that's so cool. Um, There's so many ways to serve people. um, And I think how you have explained it is super cool as well. 
last thing is how can we get people young and old to pursue Jesus um, in, in a way that's not like we're not drugging them, right? We're not dragging them to church, but we want to get them to see like, hey, this God that I'm talking about is worth pursuing. How can, how can we get people to pursue him? I think it starts with your testimony. I mean, the Bible says that, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially now, like in the, in the society and the culture that we live, we've got a lot of people that um, would want to argue against Christianity uh, from a scientific perspective, from mm-hmm. a historical perspective, from a theological perspective. Um And here's what I know. If I meet somebody that does not believe in God, therefore, and they don't believe in his word. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you talk to those people about Christ? Your testimony. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like you might be able to like, you think in your brain that you can discredit the Bible. You can discredit religion. You can discredit Jesus, whatever but you can't discredit my experience. Mm -hmm. You can't discredit what God did in my life and what I, my perspective on that. Um, You can argue everything else all day long, but you can't argue my experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is probably the way that I've been evangelical um, or evangelistic in the majority of the time that I've been a Christian is just by telling my story, just telling people what I came from, you know, depression, drug addiction, suicidality. um, And then to now where I'm at, you know, I I think that people just want to know that they're not alone and that, but there is hope for them, you know? And so I use a phrase a lot. um, And this is another popular thing that I've learned along the way. It's just me too. Like, I'm struggling today. Me too. I'm depressed today. You know what? Me too. Yeah. You know, and, but there's hope for Mm us, you know, and his name is Jesus and his grace is sufficient and it covers all the gaps that we have. And he's good. Even when we're not good, even when we don't feel good, he still is good. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's where it starts. I think it starts with telling your testimony, your story, and it doesn't have to be the whole thing. It could be something that happened last week. It could be something that happened this morning. It doesn't have to be like, let me tell you my testimony, brother. And then you go into like a three hours life story. It doesn't have to be that. It could be, man, like last week I didn't have money to pay my rent. And then I got a random insurance check and I didn't even expect it, but it covered my rent. Right. And somebody's like, that's crazy. And you're like, yeah, it's God. Like, it's got to mm-hmm. be God, you know? And um, that's happened to us. You know, that's stuff like that happens to us all the time. And so just testifying about the goodness of God, I think, is one thing. And then I think the other thing, and this is really important, because not only do unsaved people, not, not only do we want unsaved people to pursue God, but we want saved people to pursue God. Yeah. And that is where this is huge for me because I've, I've seen it done the the opposite way for so long. We can't just preach a message and then lead somebody in a prayer and then just leave them alone. Yeah. And, and, and so much of the church is guilty of that, of just, we preach a message, we leave them in a prayer 
And then we expect them to just kind of do the rest. Mm -hmm. Here's one thing I know about falling in love with someone. You cannot fall in love with someone that you don't know. Right. And you can't know somebody unless you're intentional about getting to know them. Mm -hmm. And there are people that don't know how to know Jesus. Mm They know the experience that they just had, the emotional feeling that they just had of like, I'm saved, but then they're never really led in a journey of like how to really start to know Christ through his word, through prayer, through community. Um, And so there's a lot of people that they're emotionally saved, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the intimacy with Christ Mm -hmm. that they need to make a relationship work. Yeah. The longer that I get to know my wife, the more I love my wife. Mm-hmm. I've been with my wife almost 10 years. And there are still things that I learn about her now that I didn't know 10 years ago, that I didn't know a year ago. Mm-hmm. And that makes me love her more. Um, and I find the same thing to be true about Jesus. Like there are things that I didn't know about Jesus 10 years ago that I know now. And the more I learn about it, the more I love him, mm-hmm. the more I fall in love with him, you know? Um, and I think there are a lot of people that just don't know how to do that. Yeah. And so we have to show them. Mm-hmm. We have to let them get to know Jesus, you know, and I think we're doing people a disservice if we're just seeing them get saved and then just kind of like walking away mm-hmm. and then just going, well, just read your Bible. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Like that goes back to impact mm-hmm. influence. Like, that's sitting down with people and having hard conversations about things they don't understand. Yeah. You know, teaching them how to read the Bible, teach them how to pray, teaching them how to take ownership over this relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if we don't do that, then we're missing the mark tough big time. You know, there, there's a reason that there's this thing called the great commission in scripture. It's probably one of the most popular things on the planet. Uh, one of the most well-known things, but one of the less executed things. Wow. And it is go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go, oh, of all nations, I want to be a missionary. I want to go to mm-hmm. South America. I want to go to Ecuador. I want to go to these places and I want to go build houses and paint and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It says go make disciples. Yeah. That means what is discipleship? Mm-hmm. What's the root word? Discipline. Yeah. What does that look like? It means sitting down with somebody and showing them how to do this. You know, if you are um, a, if if you're somebody that wants to get in shape, right. And you go get a trainer, guess what that trainer is going to do. They're going to be with you a lot to show you how to properly work out, how to properly diet. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow. They're not going to meet with you one time yeah, and go, just do this. You'll be good and send you on your way. No. So all of that stuff makes sense in all those other different realms. But then when it comes to leading people in a way to pursue Jesus, like we drop the ball so often. And I think the third thing is, so, so the first thing would be, um, excuse me, having a brain fart. The first thing would be sharing your testimony and 
and kind of just testifying about the goodness of God. I think the second thing is discipleship. I think the third thing would be integrity. It goes back to the same thing, being who you say you are. Studies for years have shown that one of the biggest reasons why people won't come to church or don't want to be associated with Christianity is because of hypocrites. Yeah, They say that a lot of people are hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And so I would speak to both groups of people in one moment, I would speak to the Christians first and go stop being hypocritical. Right. I know, I know you're human. I know you're not perfect, but stop using that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like there is a reason that Jesus says I am perfect. Therefore you are to be perfect. Like it, what he's saying is there's a strive. We are striving to be holy. We are striving to be separated right. from what everybody else is doing. And we always don't always hit the mark. We all, sometimes we miss the mark and sometimes, you know, we struggle, we fail, we fall, we sin. We, we are human. That's why the grace of God exists. Right. But I would say that as long as it depends on you, stop being a hypocrite. Right. Stop. Like, I think when people realize how much they're influencing other people not to be a Christian, Mm. that's when they would be like, Oh man, you know, I'm serious. I would speak to that person first. The second part person I would speak to are the people who have an issue with the hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I would say this kind of going back to the Gemini, uh, um, you know, example, when you go to a gym and you see people at the gym who are out of shape, mm-hmm. does that make you stop going to that gym? Mm-hmm. No. Why? Because you understand that at one point you were out of shape. Right. And you started a journey where you got to the place where you were improving your body, your diet, your physical. Right. And there are a lot of people that are on different parts of this journey Mm -hmm. and we can't allow people on different parts of the journey prohibit our journey. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people that go, I don't want to go to church because they're all hypocrites. It's like, well, you're a hypocrite too. You'll fit right in. You know, like okay. we're all hypocrites. Yeah. You know, if you find the perfect church, don't go there. You'll mess it up. Right. You know, wow, yeah, we're, we're all on a journey. And so I would say that we should strive to stop being hypocritical, but we also need to be more understanding of people's journeys mm-hmm. and and know that, number one, we, we can't be a judge of time. And we can't be a judge of heart because we don't know those two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would have asked me when I was 13, if my grandfather would ever be a Christian again, I'd say no. I would have said no because he's an alcoholic and he doesn't care about the heart of God. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now he's teaching Sunday school, not an alcoholic, and he loves Jesus. And so you can't judge somebody's journey. You just have to be who God's called you to be, love them, pray for them. and and leave it up to the Holy Spirit. You can't do the Holy Spirit's job better than him. I promise. <laughs> I promise. And so, yeah, those are those are the three things, I think, when it comes to the pursuit of God, the pursuit of Christ, the pursuit of Jesus. I think those three things right there would kind of be a, a sum up of, of kind of how I've strived to, to kind of live my life in, you know, understanding that my story matters and what God's done in my life is going to impact other people and taking time to really 
have conversations, even conversations like this mm-hmm. that other people will, will watch and, and learn from. Um, but even conversations that are not on a screen, conversations right. that are at a coffee shop or over dinner in a car or wherever, you know, um, late night after church in the parking lot, you know, um, having those conversations with people and helping them on this journey. And then the third thing is, you know, to, uh, to be a representative of Christ. I think that's represent Christ. Well, that is, that is what Temple City is about. And that's what I'm striving for every day. Don't always do it. Don't always hit the mark, but again, you know, that's why grace is here and God's still good. So so good. Oh my gosh. So many good things. And I think also just to piggyback off of what you said, the power of our testimony is so, it, it's just amazing um, to hear your story is awesome. And the stories that we get to share with people, like you said, over coffee or um, in a text message, even if you can't like call them up because they're busy, like just sending your story to them very quickly, what your day has looked like and how the Lord has redeemed it is so good. And I think sometimes we think that our story is so dark and so bad that it cannot be shared and cannot encourage impact or um, give glory to God. But I think that because it's so messy and however it looks, you know, you don't have to be like super low, low. It could just be like, oh, I I gossiped today or, oh, I had that thought today, you know, whatever it is. And just giving it to the Lord and sharing that to people is impactful. So whether your story is, um, it seems so like, you know, surface level or nothing, or it's like deep down in the dirt, I think sharing it is impactful um, 100%. But TJ, this has been so good. You have from the beginning to now, you have shared so much good things. You shared your story, your experience, your personal convictions, your love for Jesus, where you've fallen short and where you are succeeding in. And I think that's what makes a conversation good. I know for me, the best conversations I've had with people are not on a screen. It's not, it's behind closed doors. It's with people in my corner where we've been real with each other about the joyful and sorrowful moments in our lives. And I think those are impactful. So I appreciate all the things that you have dropped. Um, I, this just is crazy. I don't even have the words really like this has just been so good. It's been so good. And I think it can reach a lot of people where they are not reach a lot of people in numbers, but reach a lot of people like in their personal stories. So I am so thankful. Thank you so much for being here. But before I let you go and let y'all go who are watching right now, do you mind praying us out, TJ? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Jesus, I thank you for um, this day, Lord, and for your goodness, your grace, um, God, your mercy, and God, how you meet us where we are every every morning, and you uh, give us another chance um, at this thing called life and at this thing called following you. Um, God, I thank you for this conversation. I thank you for Alexis. I thank you for the impact, um, Lord, that she's making on people um, online, offline, um, God, everywhere that, that she goes, Lord, you have ordained her steps, um, Lord, to be a witness for you. And um, God, she's stewarding that gift well. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for this conversation. Lord, I thank you for wisdom and for growth and for pain and for how you use all of it to uh, make us into who you want us to be. And um, God, if we would just listen and just submit and yield um, to the refining process, God, how you will use us. Um, God, I pray that for every 
person that's uh, listening to this right now, that's watching this, um, or wherever they are, whether they're at home or in their car, or at work, at on a break, at school, um, God, wherever they are, God, I pray that you would touch them right now, Holy Spirit, that you would comfort them, God, that you would give them strength and confidence, God, that you've called them, um, Lord, that you've given them gifts and purpose. Um, God, I pray that you would use this conversation, Lord, that we just had to um, to challenge them and encourage them and convict them, um, Lord, that it's not about being popular. It's not about being um, influential. It's about being impactful, um, God, that it's about um, understanding people's journeys. It's about grace. It's about love. And um, God, I just thank you uh, for the conversation we just had and Lord, how it's going to touch people. And um, God, I just pray that uh, for every conversation that happens after this, Lord, that it would be just as important as this one and just as impactful as this one, God. And for all the future guests, for all the past guests, God, I pray that you would bless them and touch them, anoint them. And um, God, just thank you for another amazing day. Have your way in our lives, God. Continue to guide us. And um, Lord, we are excited to see what you're doing uh, in our community and in your church. And um, God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, so good. I am honestly so thankful and have taken a lot from you, from your story and from what you shared. And I know you guys have also been impacted by this. Like, how could you not? This was just so good. Like you have to be. Um, but I am thankful for you guys tuning in, watching. Be sure to share this with your people. Let them know that they can have um, an impact on the people around them as well. And let's just redefine influence and leadership and lead, love, serve well, all for the glory of God. I love you guys. I'm thankful for y'all and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye guys. Peace. <laughs>